You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Great, great things going on. Hey, uh, I had a great word coming into this weekend, and, and I got a couple pet peeves. Anybody have pet peeves, things that just bug you? And I don't know about you, but in the church, there's a lot of things that have bugged me. <laughs> Religious people bug me. People that, like, have a scripture verse but no production or fruit in their life, they bug me. Um, and uh, the other thing that bugs me is speakers that heard from God that morning, and they always have something God spoke to them about, like, and changed their whole message. And I'm like, well, you were praying yesterday. Why didn't God speak to you yesterday? And so this is like my pet peeve. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, and then this morning on the way here, I'm like, oh, geez. So I'm that guy that bugs me. So, you know, be careful who you judge because it might come back at you. Um, but I really feel like God has been stirring me to share a message called producers, and that I'm absolutely convinced that one of the things that God wants to do on the planet right now and in East County is he wants men and women of God to produce, produce results, results that glorify God, results that honor him, results that benefit the county, benefit you, benefit your family, benefit your marriage, benefit your children. And there's no limit to how much fruit or production that God can do through you. But I want us to understand that until we produce, we're not really adding any value. Now, I don't want you to worry about where you are right now, because all of us have come into church or the kingdom probably in some form of dysfunction. Dysfunction just means not functioning properly. Anybody ever had a season like that? You know, you knew you had potential. It's just not working out right now. You know what I mean? And the only person who appreciates or loves you is your mom. (laughs) Thank God for moms because no matter where you are, they still love you, you know? But there has to come a time (laughs) where all the promise, all the potential gets realized. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this afternoon, this morning, mid-after, whatever the heck time it is right now. Um, Are we ready? Let me share a couple scriptures, and uh, we're going to dive into this thing. First scripture I want to share is right out of Genesis, Genesis 1. Why I like sharing out of Genesis 1 is because it's the first thing that God is saying. And the first thing somebody says is sometimes important to understand. And so I'm just going to read this with you. And then it says, then God blessed them. So the first first thing we have to come to understand if we're going to be productive um, is that God's original intent is that your life would be blessed. So he didn't make you broken. Okay, brokenness is a part of culture. 
Brokenness is a part of the cycles of our generation. Brokenness is some of the things we've inherited. Brokenness began in the garden, okay, when they decided to go their own way and quit trusting God. Most of our brokenness has come from that same decision, okay? We kind of knew what to do. We chose to not do it, and we partnered with dysfunction, and now we're dysfunctional, okay? But it was never God's intention for us to just be dysfunctional but forgiven, Thank God. It begins with forgiveness. That means no matter how jacked up your life is, he still loves you. But his intention is not to just forgive you. It's to bring you back to a place where he can bless you. Okay. So the original intent of God is that you would be blessed. A blessing. That means functioning and fruitful and productive. Amen. He says this, be fruitful. Wait, wait, wait. The very intention of creation is that we would be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and take territory. One of the reasons we like Awaken Church and Vision Builders season is it's the season where we take territory. You don't want to be a person who plateaus. You don't want to be a person who stops growing. You don't want to have a tame life. The tame life is the lame life. You certainly don't want a woke life. The woke life is the weak life. We do abundant life here. It takes a little bit of courage. But it begins with understanding our creator and that he created our lives to work to function. When you're producing, that's when you're actually being the truest you. The most authentic you produces and works and functions. In fact, let's move to uh, the book of John 15 real quick. Let's read this one. Yes, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce. So God started it in the garden in the beginning, and he said, produce, be fruitful, multiply, function. I created you to work. Jesus comes, the second Adam, to restore the original intent of God, which was always production. He says, somewhere along the line, you got off track. You got disconnected from me. You got disconnected from you and your purpose. You got disconnection from, disconnected from func- function. Um, you got disconnection from function and fruitfulness and productivity. Come back to your original nature. That's what he's saying. Come back to me. Come back to me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But, but please understand, religious people... Don't think you're supposed to do anything on the planet. But Jesus was not religious. In fact, it was religious people that killed him. Okay? He's calling you back to produce for him. That's how you bring him glory. Let's keep going. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Thrown away like useless branch that withers. Listen. Anything you do separated or independent of God is useless. 
In other words, it has no eternal ramification. It has no benefit. But when you partner with God, that's when all your productivity provides benefit. Such branches are gathered into the pile to be burned. I mean, it's kind of intense, but it's the Bible. It's in red. Okay, let's keep going. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Keep going. But when you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not when I sing a worship song. Not when I attend two services on a Sunday. But I'm a true disciple when my life produces. And listen to this. This is what brings glory to my Father. We have to move away from a life absent of productivity and begin to move forward towards a life that produces the things that God has intended our lives to look like. Listen, he says what's born of God is what overcomes the world. He says, he says that he wants you and I to be that which the world craves. It doesn't say that you and I are supposed to crave what the world has. We should have the substance that the world needs. Listen, it says all creation longs for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. In other words, there are things that God wants to produce in and through us that the world is desperate for. You know what the world is so full of? Dysfunction. It's so broken. Distrust. Disinformation. Dis, dis, dis. And God is looking to restore the world. But here's the problem. When the world is hungry for answers and it looks to the church and the church only has answers in the sweet by and by, but we have nothing for today. We have nothing for the hours, the pandemics, the, the issues of our day. When we don't have solutions, we don't have answers. How can you expect the world to, like, cry out for us? And then we wonder why we've lost our flavor and lost our influence. But if we will return back to being the producers of health, we'll get our influence back. We'll get our voice back. You know, there was a day when they called pastors reverends. That means they were revered ones. It means they were honored in culture because they added value to culture. We are returning to the day where the church is valuable again, produces again. This is the scripture that God spoke to me on the way here, and I didn't like it because I don't like people that change their message. <laughs> Let's get this last message. Incredible. Second Kings. Now, if you don't know anything about Elisha, he was the successor to Elijah. And I love, anytime I look at people's lives, I look at what's the first thing they said or the first thing they did. And this was Elisha's first miracle, okay? Please understand this. His first miracle wasn't healing a body or a headache. His first miracle dealt with the productivity of the land, okay? Get this. One day, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. We have a problem. Oh, God, I pray the day that the world, once again, the leaders of the cities would return to the church and say, we have a problem. Can you help us? You know what the churches look like? The church says to the city, we have a problem. Can you help us? We need help instead of we are the help. I'm going to tell you something about Awaken Church. We are the help. 
We came to bless the city. We came to benefit the city. We came to add value to every need the city has. We have a problem. Okay. They told him, this town is located in pleasant surroundings, as you can see, but the water's bad and the land is unproductive. Don't think for a minute that God doesn't care about things other than just bodies and salvations. He didn't come here to make converts. He came to make disciples. And what does a good disciple do again? Bear much fruit, okay? So he came to make disciples who are people that produce. So anytime there's a lack of production in culture, in any sphere of culture, in anything for that matter, God wants to fix it. And guess who he wants to use to fix it? Us. And guess what happens when we fix it? It brings God great glory. (laughs) It's a lot easier to disciple people when you're fixing stuff for them. When they need you for something. Okay? It's very difficult to disciple somebody when you need them. When they're your landlord. He says, bring me a new bowl with salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water, threw the salt into it and said, this is what the Lord says. I've purified the water. It will no longer cause death or infertility. I solved the problem. Listen, welcome to your role as a Christian on the planet. You are, now remember what Jesus said, you are the salt. There's problems everywhere, all over culture. You are the salt, the one that God wants to bring into the equation to get the land, to get the business, to get the, the, the educational system. Whatever it is you're called to, he wants to bring productivity back to it. And, it, and that's our role. Our role is not to sit in our little cubicle with a Christian screensaver of a lion and a lamb and a weird track and some religious bumper sticker. That's not it. We should be so productive and adding so much value that people want to take us out to coffee and say, hey, what's going on with you? You're different. And you don't even give it all away right up front. You're luring them in. It's like a big fish, man. You got to let it run a little bit. Eh, you're not ready for what I got. I don't think you're ready. I don't think you're ready. Come on, if you produce fruit, you have influence. If you have influence, you get to disciple. You get to determine the way people live their lives based on the extraordinary life you and I live. Listen, listen, don't disqualify or discount yourself if your life's not extraordinary right now. When I showed up, I was playing on the worst softball team in the history of church. It, 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 just, it just was like, I think God set me up to be so repulsed by the condition of the church that I would have to do something about it. Sometimes your greatest passions are activated by the thing that irritates you the most. Okay, so, shoot. I heard the 11 o'clock's a little saucy. Dude, hey, uh, one other thing I was sharing, the last four times I've shared, 
I got to share down at East Lake, at Balboa, at Salt Lake City. Isn't it fun to be a part of a church that's growing everywhere? <laughs> Buying buildings everywhere, like taking ground, being productive um, in Salt Lake City. And the last four times I've shared, every single time, it's been a communion. I'm like, I didn't know we did communion on a Wednesday. I mean, it's like, no matter what it is, and I, God started speaking to me and saying, I'm trying to show you something. And on my Bible, you can't see it, but you got to trust me, is like the embedding of the crown of thorns. Okay, and I've always viewed like communion as through Jesus took a beating for me, you know what I mean, so that I could be healed. Okay, he died for me so that I could be saved. But you know, I never really saw the purpose of the crown of thorns. What, what, nothing Jesus did was accidental. Come on, nothing he did was just random. Everything he did had a purpose. And remember, part of the dysfunction that came um, in the garden was the ground was cursed. In fact, instead of producing what it was intended to produce, guess what it was producing? Thorns. So Jesus, when he comes, listen, 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 listen. When he comes, he comes to break every curse. He comes to bring everything back to its original intent, including the productivity of our hands, including what our hands are intended to produce. And so he takes that crown of thorns on his head and that blood that came out purchased back our productivity, purchased back the ground that we were intended to steward over so that it would be fruitful. Anytime you take communion going forward, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss what God has done for the productivity of our lives. And in fact, if you aren't experiencing productivity, you haven't even lived yet. God has created you to produce. There are things inside of you. There's gifts. There's abilities. There's, there's produce that will benefit you and benefit others. You are not here to just be forgiven from a broken. Your testimony is, it, your, the testimony of where you came from is not even close to the testimony of where you're going and where God's gonna do with you and the things he's gonna use you for. Yes, he's taking you out of some jacked up stuff, me too. But if you would have told me what he was gonna use with this broken, dysfunctional life and the kind of things that he was gonna do to repair and, and rebuild and restore, that's far greater testimony than the stuff he took me out of. You, listen, listen, your future is being used by God to bring good solutions. Good? All right. Well, all right, we're going to wrap this up in less than 10 minutes, and I have a whole acronym that we're going to use. And it's an acronym I'd never shared before. It's the acronym SALT. So we're going to run through this real quick. Are you ready? Because we're called to be SALT, but what does that mean? The S in SALT means I'm a good steward. A good steward means that you give me something, I'll give it back to you better than you found it. And it doesn't, it's not just God who gives you things. Most of the time, God gives you things through people. Any relationship that's handed to you, give it back better than you found it. Any job that's handed to you, give it back better. Remember, good and faithful steward. It's only shared once, and it's actually around money. He said he gave them, like, talents of gold, talents of silver. And the faithful ones were the ones that brought back more. 
In other words, they were trusted. They were stewards of what God entrusted them with. Please understand, if you want to be considered faithful, you actually need to multiply something. You actually need to be taken, receive something, and then give it back better than you found it. Okay, That's the definition of steward. And so there's two dynamics to it. One is your heart. I don't know about you, but this last year my heart took a little bit of a beating. It was a little difficult to love people. I know I'm called to love people. I don't even like half the people on the planet. In fact, I'm close to hating them. I'm close to, like, despising most of the people on the world. And I realize that because of the conditions of the day we're in, it, 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 it stimulates all kinds of things in my heart that need to be dealt with. Let me tell you what the answer is, is don't wait for everything to calm down. Utilize the stimulation that brought all this stuff in you to do some business in your heart. Part of a faithful heart is in the middle of adversity and people not liking you and people not agreeing with you, you still have love in your, your heart. You still have health in your heart. This last season was very good for me because it exposed some things that I didn't even know were there. And so you got to use the leverage of the season, the temperature of the season that brings things to the surface so that you and I can get healthy. A healthy heart is a productive heart. It's not just the quantity of fruit we produce. It's actually the quality of fruit. When your heart is healthy and in it, you actually produce life. When people taste your fruit, it's like, wow, that's refreshing. I feel like that guy has no agenda but to help me. You know, he's not trying to backdoor me with a little presentation and take me into his company. And you have potential. You know what I mean? He, he, there's actually an agenda that this person has a pure motive. When your heart gets purified, your motives get pure. But it's not just to be productive. It's not just to have a faithful heart. You actually have to have faithful hands. What does that look like? Remember David, he's known as a man after God's heart, right? But he was also a man of war. They sang songs of him. And what did they sing? Saul has killed his thousands, but David killed his. That means he had put his hands to something. He put his hands. Listen, if you can't put your hands to something, how can God bless it? I guarantee you, you know, when he was back taking care of the sheep, he was honing that sling. He was like probably 10,000 times. I don't know what kind of cans they had back then. Red Bull, Bang. I don't know. But I'll bet you he hit 10,000 of them. Honing his skill. It's interesting. The skill you hone is the skill God will select when he's determined for you to take a giant down. Listen, it wasn't something he had never picked up before that God chose to use to bring a giant down. God wants to take giants down. He needs people that have their heart, but he also needs people that hone the skill, hone the work, hone the work, hone the work. It's not enough to just have a good heart. You need to marry a good heart with work and give your hands something to work for. You know what's sad about David is there are things that God wanted to bless that weren't blessed. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Just because I love God doesn't mean everything works. No, 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 he can only work with the things you put your hands to. Interesting, David was brought up into a family that had a lot of dysfunction in the home. He, he wasn't even brought to meet Samuel when Samuel put the anointing oil on him. He was left out in the field. So guess what cycle he had the opportunity to break? The cycle of good fathering. See, because that wasn't afforded to him. But you know what? David chose not to put his hands to that one. He put his hands to war. He put his hands to worship. He just didn't put his hands to parenting. And as a result, dysfunction maintained and remained in his family line. And I'll tell you something. Uh, 
God's will and goodness is not faded. It's just predestined. In other words, he's determined to bring good fruits into your life, but you and I have to partner with him in those things. And some of those things are less appealing to give our attention to. A lot of times when you have a cycle or a history of dysfunction, it can take a lot of courage to address it. The other thing about David that's really critical is there were seasons where he put his hands to things and then seasons where he didn't. You remember when he got into trouble with Bathsheba? That was a season where he was supposed to go to war. It was in the spring when kings go to war. Kings put their hands to something. Instead of putting his hands to something, he quit doing the thing that would consider him faithful. I'm sure his heart was still faithful, but his hands quit doing the thing. And as a result, it leads to compromise. If your hands aren't busy, compromise is easy. The definition of being a steward is your heart's in it and your hands are in it. Let's go. Let's build some things. Let's grow some things. Let's not shy away even from the the hard things. Let's get into the A. Somehow I had eight minutes. I spent six minutes on the S. The A is the awaken way. I want you to know this ain't your grandfather's church. Okay, we don't got a tambourine and some streamers. What we do here is we have courage. Let me tell you a little bit of our culture. It's a culture of courage. We do actually confront the things that plagued our generation. We do actually write those things on our burden. We're, un- we're unafraid to address the things that our father that took our fathers down and our, our mothers down. We hit them head on. We might have to hit them for a decade. It doesn't matter. We keep hitting them. We'll hit them till they fall. The awakened way is courage. This is why I loved our communion message is because it's courage. It's not the absence of nervousness that we're after. I remember the story of a young lady who was trying out for the junior high um, um, theater. And she was so nervous. And she's like, Daddy, can I be brave? if I'm this afraid? And he's like, sweetie, that's the only way you can be brave. When's the last time your palms were sweating? When's the last time you went after something that scared you, that you were nervous about, that you were uncomfortable in? Let's get out of convenience and comfort. God's calling you to do something that makes you, you know, want to go to the bathroom. But let's go. That's where excitement is. You interview people on their deathbed and you ask them, what do they they regret? It's not playing it safe. It's the opportunities they didn't seize. It's the fruit they didn't produce because they were more interested in comfort. Not awaken. We're chasing everything. We're redefining everything. We're going after everything. Vision Builders is the season where we go to war. That's what I love about Vision Builders is it's not like the building program that the church does once a decade. Why are they doing this again? I thought we raised that last year. No, no, no. Every year we go to war. It's why we're not compromising as a church because we always got a new battle to take, new ground to take. Come on. Don't you want to be a part of an army? I don't know about you, but when I interpret the kingdom of God, I don't see it as a bunch of pathetic people waiting to go to heaven. 
hoping to get raptured because it's just too difficult down here. What? The kingdom of God? It should be full of people that possess courage. It doesn't mean they don't have, they aren't intimidated at times. It's just they overcome intimidation. That's all we're saying. Come on. That's the life. The awakened way, it's excellent. The awakened way, we love the anointing. We love the presence of God. We love miracles. We depend on miracles. We love freedom. We go hard after freedom. We're tired of the things that have plagued generations. We go after them. But you know the purpose of freedom is not to just get people free. You know what the purpose of freedom is? It's to clear roots and debris so that that land can produce. It's not to just live absent of rejection or insecurity. That's nice. It's to produce the fruit of confidence and courage. It's because God wants to plant some things in your field. So therefore, he's going to uproot some things that shouldn't be growing there. God wants to use our fields so that they are productive. The L in salt is your lens. Two critical lenses you and I need. One, you need the right view of God. We can no longer afford to think God's mad, that he doesn't love us, that he's not for us. He's crazy about us. Even in our dysfunction, even in our worst, most broken, most disappointing days, that's the day he sent Jesus for us to buy us back out of dysfunction so he can set us free to once again function. But you need to know he is crazy about us. He's passionate about us. He will pay any price for us to get us back to what he originally intended us to do. The second lens you and I need, second lens, absolutely imperative that we start to see ourselves as made in the image of God and created to produce. You were not created for perpetual dysfunction. You were created to produce fruit. What I love about God is there's so many spheres of life you can produce for him in. You can produce as an athlete, as an educator, in politics, in medicine. In, there is no place that the world doesn't need fruit. You and I get to produce for God on the fields and in the cultures of life that are desperate for salt. Amen. Finally, the T is treasure. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Put your treasure in the house of God. Let me say you something about Vision Builders is, Vision Builders has shown us, as people called the business, where our treasure is. We have the gift to create money and create wealth and create jobs and, and build the economy. But money is a dangerous thing. And in fact, it says, don't, you can't serve two masters, God and money. Don't, don't think for a minute that money isn't tricky, doesn't play with your heart. It's the cares of the world that usually corrupt your heart from being produ pr productive for God. And, but I'm going to say this. If you'll learn to, be, to put your treasure in the house of God, you'll find that he'll unlock the treasures that are in you. And I'm going to say one last thing, and I'm just going to pass it right back to you, okay? And um, for us, Vision Builders has been a time of 
digging deep at times. And one year, I remember, I felt like he wanted everything. And it was a tricky time for us. And, um, but what I've discovered about God is he did ask for Abraham's only son. But I want you to know something about God. He didn't ask for Abraham's only son year after year after year. It wasn't this perpetual, painful sacrifice. And I'll tell you something. God does need you all in, and he does want you all in. And there's been years where it's been sacrifice. But I want you to know this year, we've been able to be the most generous we've ever been. And it's felt like the least sacrificial. It's because God has made us producers. And we're giving from the blessing. But there are times where he needs your treasure and he needs to know you're all in. Anyone who's ever gone all in for God doesn't regret it. And you're not afraid to do it again. But I'm going to tell you, if you're all in, which is the requirement to be a producer, you have to abide in him and be planted in him. But if you're all in, you're going to find he's going to pull the treasure out of us. Amen. Let's close our eyes real quick. God bless you. Such an extraordinary campus. Michael, I'm going to have you jump up here with me and help me bring this home. But God's doing something out here, man. Just repeat after me. Father God, I realize you're crazy about me. You love me. And even in all my uniqueness, your heart is to use me to produce for you. And I changed my lenses this morning. First thing I look at is you. You're crazy about me. There is no price you haven't paid and won't continue to pay for me. I surrender to you to your love, to your faithfulness, to your goodness. I allow you to make me the blessing, the producer that you need me and this world needs me to be. Use my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.